0: in the world today. But this week, is Christ in your Christmas? Is Christ in your Christmas? Now, another title, uh, which was actually the inspiration for the message, and we'll find that uh, in verse 7, taking the Lord's name in vain. And so I want to ask you this morning, have you taken the Lord's name in vain. He say, well, no, I don't, I don't cuss. That's not what he's talking about here. Uh, you can make application to that. And it's good application. It's a good basis uh, to teach our children not to take the Lord's name in vain. You've heard it. Your mom has probably told you about it. Uh, your grandparents probably told you about it. Uh, it is wrong to do that. But he's talking about more than that. He's talking about people. And in this context, he's talking about the nation of Israel who want the benefits of this covenant that God is making with them that are going to falsely profess that, yes, they're going to take the Lord's name and they're going to be called the children of God, but yet they have no intention on living like the people of God. That doctrinally would be, in essence what it would mean to take the Lord's name in vain. Now, let's read in verse 1. And he says, and God spake. Now, the Lord's speaking. He come down on the Mount Sinai. Uh, you have the clouds. You've got the fire. You've got the thunder. You've got the lightnings. But you can't see God. Yeah, amen. Uh, the Bible's clear on that, that God is a spirit. And the Bible also has declared that no man has seen God at any time. You say, well, there's places in the Bible that says that they've seen God. Yeah, amen. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. If you was to take your Bible to Colossians 1, about verse 15, he says that all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ is the visible, physical image of God. And that's why he didn't show an image over here. And this is why he's going to tell them not to make an image that represents Christ because God's going to keep his own word. He would not want to ever mar the image of Christ when he showed up. The Lord so God's speaking in all these words saying, I am, I love that title, I am, I am the Lord. That's Jehovah there, it's all capitals. Thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Amen. It's a picture of salvation. Thou shalt have, notice how God starts negative People hate negative. They want, oh, just give me all the positive. God, the pattern, uh, God, there's no sin in God. There's no malice in God. There's no wrongdoing in God. And he starts with the thou shalt nots. If I've heard one major complaint, in as I've been pastoring here, we're going into the 11th year. uh, It's been, I just don't like those thou shalt nots. Oh, that's because you're taking the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's the only reason. That's because you're of your father, the devil. He was a rebel. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in truth. You don't like the truth. And he says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness. "...of anything that is in heaven above, or does that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity... Of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. You say, what's he saying? He's saying there's a generational curse upon a mother and a father that will refuse to worship the one true God, and God will keep cursing their children up to the fourth generation. You want to know what's wrong with America today? They've gotten away from God, they've kicked him out of the schools, kicked him out of the governments, and now the children are cursed. They're reprobate so i don't like that preaching that's christmas message yes it is jesus saves it sure is the problem is christ is not in your christmas now let's read on and showing mercy under thousands of them that love me okay and how do we express that love that god's going to give us mercy for And keep my commandments. Amen. You you want to talk about, oh, I just love Jesus. Then keep his commandments. Well, there are no commandments. Yeah, there are. Well, preacher, you saying I got to keep the law? Get in the New Testament. (laughs) There's plenty of commandments over there. Just start with getting in church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is. And as you see the day approaching, so much the more. I better hit this a dab. We're living in a day where people want to come to less church. The Bible, here, let me help you build what we call a conviction. When a conviction is built off a principle in the Word of God. A principle is something that is true. No matter where you're at, what culture you're in. And so to honor God and to keep God's commandments, you're going to see the principle. The principle is forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's a principle. So our problem is either you don't want to assemble or you think you assemble too much. Okay. Well, now he says, remember the Sabbath day. I ain't got to the message yet. We got to cover this too. I got stirred up this week. (laughs) My cage got uh, rattled, and so the bear come out. And I've been shouting and studying and doing some more shouting. And I've been on the mountaintop with the Lord as best as I could. uh, And I've not come away more timid. I've come away more bold. uh. And so the pattern in the early church there in Acts 2 was they met daily. So there you have another pattern based upon a principle of not forsaking yourselves together as the manner of some is, and then a a precedent is laid down that says they were meeting daily, and then you got God saying He was blessing that thing beyond measure, and there was thousands of people added to the church. So that's a good precedent. And then we see the Lord Jesus Christ himself rose from the dead on Sunday morning, the first day of the week. Amen? But then all of a sudden... The apostles were gathered together on a Sunday night service. I got news for you. I'm not going to make it a habit or a rule or to stop doing our Sunday night services because a lot of times God shows up at the Sunday night service because that's the pattern in the Word of God. He shows up there. And old Thomas wasn't there. And therefore we call him doubting Thomas because he didn't think God had rose bodily from the dead. I got news for you. You're going to have a whole lot of problems in your life when you begin to break that principle. So daily, you say, why would we meet on a Wednesday night? There is no verse of scripture that commands me to come to church on Wednesday night. You're right. But there's no verse of scripture in there that says, don't do it, is there? Oh, now we got a problem, don't we? Well, we're not on a Mexican standoff because Christ does things in threes. He was crucified on a Wednesday evening. And if you stick with me in Matthew chapter 24 if you show up you'll learn a little something about your Bible and we meet around the cross on a Wednesday night and that's when the devil wants to show up trying to convince you and me and whoever's sitting on the couch that Jesus is not God. I got news for ya. I'm gonna be and keep coming to church on a Wednesday night because it is scriptural and he says so much the more as you see the day approaching so the principle is as it gets more wicked and it's more wicked today than it was a hundred years ago he said make more church so who is this crowd that wants to run around say I think we need less church there's more the devil in that than the Holy Spirit of God and you have either taken the Lord's name in vain or you backslid something's wrong with that you say oh preacher uh that's not in the message either but i figured i better get that set things right get into sound doctrine you say well what happens if the church that i join comes four times a week then when you join You're saying, I'm agreeing to assemble when they assemble. That's what it means to be part of the body of Christ. Mom says, we got three meals a day. We're going to assemble at 8, at 12, at 4, and be here. You know, now I never miss them times. (laughs) Because I believed and not forsaking the assembling. Amen. I hate calorie deficits. And We're too used to living in spiritual calorie deficits. Now let's move on. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy, let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you. Lord, help us today. We've got a lot of ground to cover but we are going to uplift your Lovely name. Help us to get help from the Word of God. Be with those that could not be here. There's a whole group of people that is sick this morning or have been exposed to direct sickness. And because of their care for the body of Christ, they have chosen to separate until they get past this danger zone. And Lord, I thank you for them. Bless them especially this morning. Be with our Brother Chris Stidham. And Lord, our church is praying that you raise him up. Bring him back home, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So chapter 19, Israel is reminded of God's covenant, the Abrahamic covenant that God uh, uh, Almighty had made uh, with Abraham. You'd find that in Exodus 2, uh, verse 24, in Exodus 6 and verse 4, which was to give them the land of Canaan and to be His chosen people. And the Lord gives them His purpose. For their existence to be a holy nation. Remember last week? He wants them. His, their purpose is to be a holy nation. A nation of priests. And that purpose was to share Christ with the world. But it hinged upon their obedience to His voice and the commandments. And so the Lord commands Moses to sanctify the people. That means get them set aside. Uh, get washed up. Uh, uh, put your Sunday best on is what he's saying. I'm paraphrasing. I'm reading in, behind, in between the, the, the words there. But what I'm saying is words have meaning. He's implying something. And it's not come to church dirty. It's not come to church with your clothes not washed. That's what he said. Wash your clothes over there, chapter 19. Put some clean clothes on. Bring your Sunday best as the preachers have preached it in days gone by. Amen. I don't care what it is as long as this is Sunday best. Why would God deserve our leftovers or our worst? There used to be this thing called the sacredness when they come, people come into the house of God because they was coming to try to have a meeting with God and that the glory of God would come down. And God told Moses there in chapter 19, I'm not coming down unless they wash up. They stink and sanctify themselves. And so we see that. The Lord comes down and speaks directly. And so God gives them the first four commandments. He's going to give them ten. But the first four deals with man's relation to God. It's God word. God should come first. That's what He's teaching. God always comes first. It's the first and great commandment that everything hinges on. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. <laughs> Amen. And the second is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Upon all these two commandments hangeth the whole law. So it starts with God. If you can't get your relationship with God right, it'll never be right with nobody else. Never. And so he says, don't have any other gods. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God, or the name of it, in vain. This third commandment's taking the Lord's name in vain. Let me ask you, have you taken the Lord's name in vain? I'm not talking about cussing. I'm talking about You want to claim Christianity, but Christ is not in your Christmas. You see, that's the context, is the covenant. In the world today, there are cultures and countries and people who celebrate Christmas, but Christ is not in their Christmas. They celebrate the holiday. Russia, Russia is one of those nations. They set out to stamp out Christ in Christmas because they're atheist. And transferred it to the New Year's holiday. You know, happy holiday. No. Merry Christmas. Christ is in my Christmas. It ain't just a happy holiday. That's come out of Russia, an atheistic country that was trying to do away with Christ in Christmas. And so they tagged the phrase, Happy holiday. Nah, not for me. And so they decorate a tree on their New Year's and then they have a Father Frost who's the bearded snow father who delivers presents to all the little children. No Christ in their celebration is what I'm saying. Now they're going to claim the holiday, but Christ is not in their Christmas. Greece, they decorate Christmas trees and boats. That was started in 1833 by King Otto, but it was to celebrate the men's return from sea voyages. No Christ and their Christmas. And then you got Japan, who has adopted this thing called Christmas in about the last two decades. But see, they celebrate it as a time to spread joy and cheer and to have a romantic couple's day. Not a romantic husband and wife's day, note. Instead of a religious holiday, no Christ in their Christmas in one of their things that they do traditions is they go and they buy kfc and they have kfc for dinner that day on their christmas holiday but there is no christ in christmas and uh, that really got me to thinking because uh, you see through my lifetime in church you know you got people that back back and forth well, we shouldn't be celebrating Christmas, you know? And they said, well, you know, there's no command in the Word of God uh, to celebrate Christmas. And I'm like, you're right, they ain't. But there isn't no command that says don't do it either. Right, brother? Yeah, amen, yeah, amen. But you know, Christmas is pagan. You're right. Anything that God does, the devil's going to try to corrupt it and mar it and and to get it brought down till you can't see Christ. And so there's people on opposite sides of the fence. Uh, and, and then you, it'll divide churches. And I've been in churches that were divided on this thing uh, to the point of, of conflict and forsaking uh, the assembling of themselves together. And God, give me this this week. <laughs> While I was preparing this, you see... <laughs> Take your Bible to Luke chapter 2. We need to get through this. And then I'll get a little bit to the message. But this is more important than everything else. Luke 2. And I'll be preaching out of here next week. But we're here for another manner this week. Luke 2, verses 8. You see, yeah, you're right. The word Christmas doesn't show up. It's a man-made word. Got it? Trust me. I understand the pagan side of it. I know where it comes from. I got it. I've studied it, know it forwards and backwards, could quote it in my sleep. I know where it comes from. I know who propagates it. I understand all that. But the lost world doesn't. And so one of our principles is that we're to tell others about Christ. And so you're in a Mar, uh, Mars Hill, uh, an Acts 17 situation uh, where, uh, where Paul was seeing this heathens uh, worshiping other gods. And, you know, you don't start out when you got somebody that's worshiping a false god by saying, hey, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's heathen worship, don't you? That's, that's wicked. You're going, you're, you're going to die and go to hell. You need a little more tack. That's truth. But you kind of need to open that door. Don't bust it down. Kind of knock on it first, you know. And so he sees they got an idol over there with an inscription to the unknown God because they had enough sense to know that they had not seen everything, been everywhere, and done everything, and there were some things that they might not know. So they weren't fools, even though they were pagan. And the Apostle Paul, under the Holy Spirit, says, preach them there, and he says, I want to declare to you that God, the unknown God, the God that made heaven and earth. Uh Uh-oh, he knocked on the door, and guess what? They answered and said... Come on in and let's hear what you got to say. Now, some of them said, let's hear what this babbler's got to say. But then there were some people, they got saved out of that. He didn't get them over there in Exodus 20 and say, you can't have these gods. They didn't know who Jesus was. Their biblical worldview was not creation. It was evolution. It was atheistic. It was heathenistic. But over here. So we got Cultures. That are going to celebrate the holiday. But there's no Christ in their Christmas. And of course everybody in America claims Christianity. And so we're left. How do we find balance in this? Let me share with you a little something from the Word of God. Verse 8. Now the shepherds, they're in the field. They're keeping watch over their flocks by night. I know Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. I understand December 25th is the shortest day of the year and it has something to do with the equinox. I got all that. But that's not going to save one soul for Christ. You need to teach them that later. (laughs) You must be born again first. (laughs) And so here, on the birth of Christ, we got shepherds in the field which would have been about October. So... We could celebrate Christmas in October, right around the 9th. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to make stuff up, that's my birthday, Sister Kathy Holly's birthday. Hey, Amen. I want to tag in on the birth of Christ, don't you? <laughs> you got to pick some points. <laughs> but I put it to you like this. Most people, the majority, are thinking about the birth of Christ. Whether they celebrate it as a pagan holiday or a Christian holiday. Got it. So here they are in October. <laughs> well, the grass was still growing and the sheep were out there. It wasn't December. They're about on the same parallel, somebody could correct me later, that we are. So they, they, they get the same weather that we do. So October, the animals could still be grazing And getting nutrition. Where's that in Scripture, preacher? Uh, It's not. (laughs) It's sitting down and meditating on the Word of God. And I could be wrong on that. Don't take that as gospel. And lo, verse 9, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Uh Uh-oh. They're minding their own business. They're working, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel shows up. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. He's celebrating the birth of Christ. I know it wasn't December 25th, but let me put it to you like this. He didn't spell it out what night it was, but what's important is maybe we ought to acknowledge that because if Jesus wasn't born, there'd be no cross. And the heavenly angel is speaking about it. He's celebrating it. Now let's move on because it's going to get better. And he says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. They were Jews. Ye shall find the babe. Wrapped his swaddling clothes lying in a manger, and suddenly, now, all of a sudden, heaven's choir shows up. Uh, suddenly, there with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts preaching or praising. I'm preaching, praising God and saying they're singing, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men." Uh oh, heaven's choir just fired up on Christ's birthday. The angels preaching a message to the shepherds on the birth of Christ the very day. Now let's see what happens. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away, yeah, because they having a time, they having a fit. They shouting, they was singing, they was running, and then they were gone away from them into heaven. Yeah, amen. As the earth couldn't handle that kind of praise service. And the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see. we got to see this for ourselves. Let's try the spirit on this thing, guys. <laughs> and which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They start preaching the message. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, here's where it's going to get good and the shepherds returned glorified and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it were told them. Uh, Brother, you've got an angel celebrating the birth of Christ. You've got the heavenly choir celebrating the birth of Christ. You've got the shepherds. That's mankind celebrating the birth of Christ. I'm not a fool. I'm going to get in on it, and I'm going to celebrate the birth of Christ. Jesus is in my Christmas. (laughs) I don't keep waiting around until I find something in some gold plate somewhere that says, Thou shalt have Christmas. If the angels in heaven are doing it, if the shepherds were doing it, if Mary and Joseph were doing it, if Gabriel was doing it, I want to do it. (laughs) But is Christ in your Christmas? (laughs) Have you taken the name of the Lord in vain? You see. There's a lot of cultures to have. We've commercialized it. Man is trying to mar it. So when you think about Christmas, you think about a jolly uh, little man in a red robe. Why red? I don't know. <laughs> Spreads Christmas cheer. You know, it gives presents. I got that. And we have that in our homes. But that's not what Christmas is about. There's more of the devil in that than of Christ. And I'm not saying don't have Christmas. I got a Christmas tree. Come on now. And I love presents. And I love Christmas music. I can't hardly play Christmas music, but I like it. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to take the opportunity to tell others about Christ on the day they, they have set aside, recognizing the birth of Jesus. And I'm going to have opportunity because I'm going to knock on the door and they're going to say, hey, tell us about this Christmas. They're already thinking about God. The dinner's warmed up and I'm going to come in there and say, did you know he was born of a virgin? Do you know he came because God loved us? And give them the gospel on Christmas. Is Christ in your Christmas? Or have you taken his name in vain? Will you claim the holiday? You want to celebrate the birth of Christ or you like the the commercial side of it, but not honor him with your presence in the house of God. Yeah, amen. I'm going to get on that too. I mean, it is the Lord's birthday. Gabriel showed up for a service. The angel showed up for a service. Those shepherds showed up for a service where two or three are gathered. Christ said, I'll be in the midst. He was laying in a manger. They were having a good time. I want to have church. And this year, Christmas actually falls on a Sunday. Mm. What better time to be in the house of the Lord than to put God first in your life? Is Christ in your Christmas or are you just going to lay out? well well I'll tell you why you would you've taken the Lord's name in vain yeah if you're not providentially hindered you have taken the Lord's name in vain let me give you a couple of these gods because he says don't have no other gods before me what gods well I found some gods how about the nature god Out there we would find in Deuteronomy 17, verse 3 and 5, where they begin to worship the sun and the moon and the stars and nature. And then you get over there in Romans chapter 1, about verse 25, uh, they're going to worship the creature more than the creator. That's called the nature god. You know, Mother Earth. It's a false god. Oh, I can get closer to God. Now, <laughs> there ain't somebody going to come up to you that's taking the Lord's name in vain and tell you that. Here's how they're going to tell you in a roundabout way. And remember, words have meaning. What someone does not say is as important as what they do say. And words are bricks of thoughts that bring about a sentence, which is a unit of thought. Here's how you probably heard it. I can get closer to God in my tree stand than I can at church. You know what you are, sir? You have another God. And you've got that God, and you're worshiping that God before the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the nature God. Oh, what preacher, my church is nature. I've heard this stuff. People tell me this stuff with a straight face. They're not kidding. Nature is my church. Oh. So I go for walks on Sunday in nature. I just meditate in nature. Yeah. Yeah, in another ten years, you'll be praying and bowing down to Mother Earth out there. You'll have an epiphany. You'll think you'll have an appearing. And you'll think you'll see Jesus and it'll be the other one. And you'll get some justification for this false God you're worshiping. But you've taken the Lord's name in vain. And the way some people do that is through nature. You know, we love the environment. Green energy. While the world's starving. I was thinking about this this morning. I know I'm going to go a little long. I'm not going to try to. I'm having fun. I got wound up this week. I've been on the mountain with the Lord. This group running around saying we got to love Mother Earth and go green. But yet they champion that they're for the poor. Let me tell you something. Going green is the issue. They use the tag as we're for the poor man while thousands upon thousands starve and are homeless now because they're priced out of housing because of green energy. That's the medium. When you go to fry a steak in a pan you got to put a little oil in there. That's so the the steak doesn't burn too quick. And so that's a tag phrase. That's not the truth of the message because the same people that are trying to feed you, that they love this planet and they don't want to pollute the planet, the same ones still flying the jets and living in the big houses and they got a bigger carbon footprint than anybody. They also believe, which is the potatoes that they're going to fry with the steak, that this planet has too many people on it. And so they don't care that people starve and die because the nature God that they serve and worship. Now somebody will take what I just said and twist it and say that I think we need to pollute and and destroy. No, I believe we need to take care of our planet. I do. But I also believe that God takes care of it. We'll do the best we can. And this thing ain't over. We ain't going to be destroyed until God says it is. See, I know how it ends up. How about another God? How about the creature God? Now, I'm going to get a little rough here. The creature God. You know, four-footed beasts, they're worshiping them. People love their dogs more than God. People love their dogs more than God. People love their dogs more than their spouses. Oh, hey, shouldn't get quiet. You know I'm telling the truth. Why, they would never think about aborting puppies, but they don't care less about a human being. Funny about that, ain't it? That's someone celebrating and worshiping a creature God. People love their dogs more than other people. Those same people that love their dogs more. And maybe you got a cat or a bird. I don't know, but it's an animal. Those same people who love their dogs more will let their dog mess all over the house, bite them, disrespect them, let them run the house, but won't tolerate any convenience, inconvenience from any other person, including church. They'll tolerate a dog messing all over the house, sick, they'll baby it, they'll pet it, They'll get it mental help. They'll get it physical help. They'll take it to the vet. Give it every shot under the sun. But hate the very sight of brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a problem with that, folks. You've got another God you're worshiping besides the Lord. You know, your dog can have a bad day, but your spouse can't have a bad day. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. (laughs) This don't feel very Christmassy. You want to know why? (laughs) Too many of us have other gods that we're worshiping, we care about more than the Lord. And Christ is really not in our Christmas. There's another God. Well, My dog can talk back to me, but my husband better not. Yeah. Or you can vice versa that. It's not just ladies that love pets more. I've seen some men that love their dogs more than their spouses. Like I told Jenny, I'm dog enough for both of us. We don't need another dog. There's another god god called the man god. I got to stay home from church to watch the game my favorite players playing. My favorite actor is releasing a new movie and I can't miss that show and that happens to be on Sunday. You know I'm pr- playing my favorite series Gunsmoke, you know, we're having a Gunsmoke marathon. Yeah. I know I'm right. <laughs> I know I'm right. That's why some churches have Super Bowl Sunday. We ain't going to have Super Bowl Sunday here. Because I can't. I don't even watch it no more. Because I'm not going to tolerate and I'm not going to give them the privilege of counting me as one of the viewers watching the demonic halftime show. And how dare people that claim the name of Jesus stay home to watch that demonic show. Because they have a man God. You say, how do you know that? Because a God is something that he says you will obey and serve and bow down to and adore and spend time with. There's another one called the pleasure God. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You'd find that in 2 Timothy 3, 4. If there ain't nothing fun, I'm not coming. We kind of got that going on around here. There ain't nothing fun. I'm not coming. I might have to work or do a little something. I only do it when I feel like it. That's why the Bible said over there, they're worshiping their belly. If I don't feel like coming, I ain't coming. Coming to church should be a principle. It's something that you do whether you feel like it or you don't. Well, what's in it for me? Yeah, you have a pleasure, God. I really believe that some people get up and they go through a big 50-question checklist on what is available that's fun that I can do. And I think sometimes they get all 50 questions in there and there's nothing fun to do and say, okay, all right, I guess we just got to go to church. At least I get to see the preacher sweat. <laughs> I, re- I think so. I think so. I got news for you. You sitting home on the couch, won't, won't go to church. There's people laying in the hospital this morning that would love to trade places with you, and I guarantee you they'd be in the house of God. You got another God. Christ is not in your Christmas. You've taken his name in ba- vain. How about a mental image? How, how do you know if I got a mental imaged God. Well, the verse on that is Psalms 50. That whole chapter's good. If you've got a God that you serve that never disagrees with you, you've got a God that you formed in your own image. I got news for you, folks. The Lord disagrees with me a lot. And I know God's real because, man. When, I, when he's in disagreement with me, things aren't right. And he lets me know. But if you've got a God that you're calling Jesus and he never disagrees with anything you do, you've made one in your own image. You're an idolater. Well, I just don't see God like that. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Here's the conclusion. Is Christ in your Christmas is Christ going to be in your new year (laughs) now you know why I was hesitating on about what we're doing on New Year's Day (laughs) I've been working around on all this stuff (laughs) are we going to start our new year with Christ first or no have you taken the Lord's name in vain? Do you profess Christianity but in works denying? See, the Bible says this in Titus 1.15. Under the pure, all things are pure. Yeah, amen. That's why Christmas is pure to me. I, I, I'm there to celebrate Christ. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. That's right. The devil's crowd will twist anything. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God. They're taking the Lord's name in veins what he's saying. They profess they know God, but in works, did he not say, If you love me, keep my commandments? Did we just not did I just not teach you in the introduction of this message the justification and the reason and to have the conviction that we have three services a week? You want to be scripturally accurate? We should be here every day for a service. You won't find it any other way. But we all don't own farms, and farming is not paying out. And so we had to go get jobs. And so we had to find some balance. And so to fit the Trinity, because God works in threes, Let's do Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Some churches do a Thursday night. Some churches do four services a week. Amen. The precedent is there. Why would you want to do it less? Where's that scripture? Where he says, oh, yeah, as it gets more wicked, just do less. Now, I do find that. But that's in Revelation chapter 3 when he's addressing the Laodicean church. But in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. So I asked this morning, he said, preacher, I've never heard a Christmas message like that. Yeah, probably not. But I'm going to tell you what, that's more Christmas than anything going on in a lot of churches this morning. Because Christ is in my Christmas. And I want Christ in my church. And I want the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a title, that the Bible uses, which says Jesus is God. I want him to have the preeminence in anything and everything that we do. And there just might be a person that's lost that sees me because I've been asked more than once, why do you go to church on a Wednesday night? And they opened the door. I said, I'll tell you why. Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday and I don't ever want to forget we got the Christ the, the cross. And that's why I don't want a Christmas tree in the pulpit because I don't want it to detract from the tree that's most important, which is Calvary's tree. Like I said, not against Christmas trees. Don't go there. Don't pull it out of one ditch, jerk it into another. I'm saying your preacher doesn't ever want to mar The image of Christ with something pagan we got a missions tree or that would detract from God's work I don't want to have no other gods before him and I will maintain that Christ will be in our Christmas is Christ in your Christmas or have you taken the Lord's name in vain let's all stand this morning